0: Hey, Matt, we're back.
1: We have yet another guest.
0: Yes, we do. So with us today is Chris Liang Vergara from uh, Leap Innovations, and he is the Chief of Learning Innovation. Welcome.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. So what is it that that you do at Leap Innovations?
2: So learning innovation is a broad stroke here. For um, her background, I was, a, I was a teacher for eight years, uh, did my master's in curriculum technology and, uh, and reform, and so in the early days of LEAP, I would do uh, teacher coaching, work with the principals, really on-the-ground work with our our pilot network and the implementation of personalized learning. Mm -hmm. Um, thankfully, just been a fantastic groundswell in Chicago. Uh, So as our team has expanded, still support the schools, but uh, work with some of our breakthrough schools and kind of whole school redesign, along with our sort of larger-level strategies. And the LEAP learning framework has been uh, one of my main projects to date on really trying to define for ourselves you know on the research side and our professional development uh, what are the elements of
1: personalized learning uh, for implementation so when you're when you're working with these these newer schools these breakthrough schools you call them mm-hmm. um, are these designed like from the ground up around your framework or are you helping them with a f-
0: like redesign the, yeah
1: re-des- yeah I'm not exactly sure what to ask here I guess okay. is is it Sure. Yeah, why don't you help me So out? it's a, I <laughs> mean, a the fantastic I, part.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, the, the awesome part about it, it's a two-and-a-half-year partnership with the schools. Oh, nice. So a nice oh, okay. long runway yeah. and, and really acknowledging, like, change isn't going to happen overnight. And we always start with sort of root cause, you know, a very aligned vision um, with the team. And it's community-based leadership. So we acknowledge really early on that leap we're not playing a role of expert or, or we don't have a school model in a box per se yep. it's going to be led by the local teachers and community and, and administrators on uh, you know you know your context and kids a thousand times better than we do your values your curriculum and we do work with public charter and private schools um really diverse range around the city and, and just chicago metro area so you know you learn pretty quickly i mean we we had a walk to talk of uh personalized learning, Yeah. so step one, like, do you know yourself, being very focused on the local needs and context, and then there's an empowerment piece of helping people to just see themselves as designers right. and move that through. So the, the framework we found really is designed as a set of um, larger scale uh, guidelines that really helps spark conversation around what aspects of a personalized learning experience uh, does the school want to start with, what does that look like in your context, um, and, you know, it's really early rolling stage and uh, the early part of breakthrough. Um, for our first two cohorts, there is a philanthropic side to it. So this past year, we had uh, seven schools that uh, were awarded about three hundred thousand dollars each for implementation. Okay. Wow. Um, but they had to submit, you know, a five-year plan right. of what that looks like. Again, really, you know, being honest about the the runway for change, uh, the agility that a school team needs and building that sort of local leadership capacity and kind of improvement cycles. Uh, Because as we all know, like what you made in your lesson plan only makes it through one period and then you're tweaking it it along the way. way. Exactly. (laughs) So so as you're making your school plan, even more so, like once it gets to reality, you're always tweaking and adjusting and moving along the way. So we're really focusing on building local capacity
1: so they can own it and roll it forward. So you said something about uh, the agility of a school uh, in order to to make this change. Um, How... How do you feel that is is that like a really quick for some schools versus others, or do, do does it have to be sold a little bit first that we need to do something different, or what what is your experience working with schools and districts about making this change um, over the past few years?
2: Great question. I mean, at the beginning, it it's, it's often like, what's the why here, um, and we try and. We almost play a role of like that third-party facilitator and help people have tough conversations, you know. Um, so when you sit down, it's usually principal and this core design team of anywhere from four to eight teachers, possibly community representation, student representation, uh, et cetera. Um, and so we sit down and say, hey, what's our vision for school, what's our vision for our graduates? That's a really complex conversation. Right. But I think we find over and over in the, in the pace of school, people never have time to do that and like really deeply align uh, and so we always start there so that the core team really understands it, gets through those sort of um, debates or discussions to say, okay, this, this is the why. Right. And in some cases, it's, uh, hey, we know we're not, we're not serving all of our kids in the range of academic needs. Sometimes it's a 21st century skills lens to it. Um, sometimes it's just uh, it's a community-based type of, hey, like we, we have these kids coming in, but we, we just know their test scores. We really need to know them as a whole child. You know what does that mean for social, emotional, for health, and things of that nature. So uh, it's always fascinating to see because it's, it's a, a wide diversity of what the why is oh, yeah. for people. Yeah, of course, um, and as you know, like you can't come in and say this, this, this is why is we're doing why. it. Right. <laughs> exactly. uh, it has Here's to be why. that organic. You got to give them the space and time to it, and you got to bring the right people to the table uh, along the way, and be very intentional about who you're engaging.
1: Like one of the one of the things was that you brought community in. Which has been one of one of the themes that we are hearing as we're doing this Voices Hub is that the, the importance of bringing community in. Um, you know, years ago, when I started teaching, the community was just not part of what we right, did Right, you there. didn't really interact. It yeah. really, Ever. it really wasn't. It's like parent the only parent right? teacher conference. <laughs> yes. That's right it. that was really That's like a Quarter it. in, <laughs> but now I think I think there's there's that like we must do the community and it must be a community partnership so it's not just schools and then you have community, it's right. all community and so I, I think that's a huge part of what's what's been happening in, in the movement.
2: No, it's fantastic to see just because of the day you're serving in the community so you know like even as a parent, I got a six-year-old in first grade, like uh, I don't want it, the school to say like here's the perfect school that you want. Like, it's kind of like building me a house and saying, You're going to love this house, but you don't get to see anything or have any input on the design. I mean, right, it's, it's right. kind of ridiculous in so many when ways. You think about it. Exactly. And um, there's a part also for in, in, in my lens of personalized learning, there's a cultural relevancy and value piece that really needs to kind of be reflected. So it's not, again, as you look at our personalized learning schools in, in Chicago they're all quite different Mm -hmm. and that's like fantastic to see yes that you walk in and it's not the same cookie cutter thing but it really varies and they have their own style and flavor and so they're saying like this is our model of school not saying this is a blank type of thing um and also like i pull from prior to chicago did some work in new orleans um after katrina and you really saw this dynamic of are you coming in and working with the community as you're rebuilding it are you coming in with a school model and going? And, and the tensions that that, that uh, causes with the students and parents you're trying to serve. Uh, so that we're, we try our best to be very intentional on um, this is a grassroots approach, um, empowerment of people. And I mean, nine out of 10 times, it's like people don't know what they don't know. Hmm. So if you're a parent or community and you're not used to your school engaging with you, the first time they do, it's awkward. Right. It's like the student agency stuff. Like yeah. if you say like, yeah, yeah, hey kids, yeah. you got a choice. Uh, they're not going to be sure they're really doing they don't know how to make it. Exactly. and so there is um, there's like a path to the education and like how do you work together like there's a lot of learning curves in this work but you gotta just you gotta start with it because if you don't you know I think I would be afraid of everything like rubber banding back to the way it was because suddenly people are like what's going on and then there's pushback and, and then you realize yeah we should have spent a lot more time on the front end
0: Right, so like yeah, let's kind of talk about that a little bit. So, as as we're we were talking, I'm thinking, you know, about how like the process is is it's ongoing. You're never done, right? Innovating yeah. and, and <laughs> you never get to personalized learning. Like you're, there's always something else that you have to get better at or layer on, um, and it takes a while. And so like you have a team, right, that kind of goes through that original tough work and mm-hmm. then they feel great and then but how do you keep how do you keep teams at the table and moving to like past the time they're with you
2: excellent you guys have some really good questions um so currently we kind of use like cotter's model of change management or kind of like the we also use like you know the elephant and the rider and the path type yep. of stuff yeah 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 so to really think through you know this is a long game to your point like you're almost never done and so you might start with a core team and they get their heads around it and you know doing pilots and getting it going but the way I usually frame it is like don't be the mad scientist in your lab and you come back out and people have no idea right what what you're even talking about because because some (laughs) things are dramatic shifts and some things aren't but you got to like bring your people with you and so where are there touch points to involve other staff members um, we often find like visiting other schools and even internally, like really upping the internal classroom visits. Mm-hmm. So if you have, you know, a pilot going in four or five classrooms, don't just be like this hidden lab, like bring other teachers in yeah. and also like keep it honest. I think that's one thing we try and stress of it's not going to be perfect. Like it's a very messy process trying any kind of new practice. Right. And so, you know, be honest with that with the surrounding staff too. Because if you lose their trust, then they're gonna be back to like, why should I buy in? Right, or even
0: if they just see like, you know, like a polished, perfect example, that makes it feel unattainable.
2: I couldn't agree more. Uh, It makes it feel unattainable, and there's a part of the biggest learnings are that journey and the pivot points or the, hey, we tried that that was fun, but did not work at all. Right, right, (laughs) right. Let's pivoted in a sense. (laughs) Um, And so you have like, you know, that core team that has the grit and perseverance and additional support to move through it so that you're not like rocking the foundation of like all 80 teachers in the building. But um, being really intentional of just that, the the sort of visiting of the classrooms. The other thing we've seen is really elevating the student voice. Yes. Um, So where we've seen specific um, pushback or concerns you know, just listen to the kids. Uh, some schools did some awesome stuff and just uh, student-led conferences uh, become a very common practice. Um, and that helps significantly with the parents. because just this dynamic of, like, I'm sitting next to my child's teacher and my, and my kid is across the table advocating for what they need and why it's good for them. And it just helps, one, the parent and teacher realize, hey, we're on the same team. Like, we're not against each other. And, and our end goal of the day is this kid in front of us and how do we serve them together. And so it's like a shift in power dynamics, Absolutely, communication. Yeah. And then even for the kids, like, even the kindergartners are adorable. Oh, I guess. You know? <laughs> yeah, when I mean, they got plenty of opinions. They, but I <laughs> know.
0: And then when they can, like, just tell you what they're learning about and why, you're just like, okay, Yeah. And it's really hard to, yeah.
2: to argue with that. And yeah. so it's, it's just, like, different little things of just, I think, elevating the voice of those that are sometimes... Not as a silence, but not brought to the table. And really, hey, they have some really good things to say. And um, even in our design, we have a teacher and student surveys that we do. And so same thing, elevating the student voice and the teacher reflection piece. Um, nothing about it is evaluative. It's just all for, you know, you're going through this journey, so let's be reflective. And that kind of, you're what the kids are saying, you what the teachers are
0: saying. Right on. So uh, we have really enjoyed talking to you. Um, But we do need to ask you the one big question before we wrap up. So, Matt, I'll let you do the honor. Oh, oh, this is (laughs) good for me. Yeah, you've been doing this for a time. I've been doing it, yeah. So, one of our
1: taglines for our podcast are the (laughs) do-do's and don't-do's of personalized education. Yeah. So, we're going to ask you: uh, what is your biggest do-do for personalized education?
2: Biggest do-do, step one is uh, build your team. Like, sometimes you have awesome visionary leaders and they're fantastic, or visionary teachers. But if you, like, go off to the races, you're going to leave everybody behind. And and even if you make the most perfect model out there, like, you got to bring your people with you. Um, it's the whole, like, you want to go fast, go alone. You want to go far, go together. Yeah. Proverb, whatever yeah. thing. But it, it holds so incredibly true. And there's such an instinct because it's easier to, like, I'm just going to innovate in my classroom and make this, like, awesome ninth-grade thing. Right. And then you talk to your teachers and they're like, "Like that's great, Chris, but i I'm, that's well beyond what I'm going to do because mm-hmm. there's no why, there's no buying, et cetera. And so, you know, hit your wagon to a, the whole team and uh, it's going to go slower, but it's the right thing to do. <laughs> this has been fantastic. Yeah. Thank, Thank you very much.